We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. We have just received word that libertarian death squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. It also worries that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island drywall declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. That's a very good place for you in the depths of hell because for some reason you have a very bad obsession of getting us into war. Hey, why is it that you did not admit that there were no there were no WMDs in Iraq? You could have you lied us into a war in Iraq. You got us into an Afghanistan. Now over 90% of those people are impoverished and are dying. Why don't you tell the truth about Nord Stream? Goddamn war criminal! How many people have died in your fucking name? Holler! 
How many people have died because of Iraq? All of you forgot about Iraq? Iran, Libya, Syria. Don's life was always never gonna work. If we don't deal with the 600 trillion in derivatives, then there's no chance for this economy. Don't you see it all fail? None of it works. None of it works. We need to see the Democrats And then you land your plane in Taiwan, we want a war with China at the same time. We want to all have nuclear bombs dropped on our heads. We live in Manhattan. I have to ask you to leave. Thank you. By the way, Lyndon LaRouche is back in a big way, and I'm here on behalf of everybody who loves peace and not war with Russia and war with China and a new hot war with the East. Hey guys, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I thought I'd get you guys started off with a pretty funny little ha-ha episode. Watch Nancy Pelosi heckled as warmonger and sad old drunk in New York event. Personally, she's the saddest old drunkest, saddest, saggiest bitch I've ever seen. Did you see those pictures of her on the beach with the big old Bahunga Jungle Hungagas? You know the big old bouncing Buddhas, the sweater stretchers. You know what I'm talking about. The big old nasty memories. I want to know what in the dig dug fuck happened there did he go down there with his little bike pump and go <laughs> the things expanded i haven't seen inflation like that since the economy under biden let me tell you folks it is not good it needs to be deflated it needs tom brady to come in it needs to have some of the pressure let out quickly perhaps even expeditedly so by Heather Hamilton, social media reporter, April 6, 2023. Can you believe we're already in the fourth month of this year and six days into it already? My foot is more fucked than that timeline. Now, this is at a New York event. And why was she in New York? As you saw the video beforehand, you watched it in the beginning of this episode. It's a very fair question. Why is she there? But we do know she also makes many hundreds of thousands of dollars per speaking event. She's basically retired doing the tour until she croaks, which is a little weird. Like, I remember being the only person under 30 in the room once upon a time ago when it came to politics. Now these rooms are full of, like, these college kids wanting to see these old fucking boomers. Like, they are fucking rock stars. And then they'll go on social media and say, okay, boomer. Like, you weren't just turning up at a fucking event with an old croony alcoholic. And by the way, folks, I'm going to make the meme for the thumbnail for this episode. But I'm going to say it right now. Maxine Waters is just Nancy Pelosi on fucking dark mode. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat from California, was called a warmonger. I don't see anything wrong with the claims here. They seem factual on the surface. And a sad old drunk. Again, factual on its surface. Among other descriptors at a recent speaking engagement in New York, Pelosi lost the limelight at the city at the City University of New York Graduate Center speaking event. That is a mouthful of a fucking name. I thought they forgot an apostrophe in there, but no, that's the full name of the goddamn event. That bitch better have a fucking acronym, I swear to God. But I'll be fucked if I figure it out. Speaking event with Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman. He's kind of a hack, but moving on. (coughs) Moving on. 
personally, I don't know about you, but we are based Dave Ramsey and Murray Rothbard enjoyers in these parts. I don't know about you folks, but quite frankly, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you are a credit union enjoyer as well. And let me ask you to my uh, bank using audience members. How's that? Uh, how's that bank market looking real stable right about now? I imagine what's that that ninth bank in two months that's collapsed. Ooh, enjoy J.P. Morgan Chase, right, folks? <clears throat> On Monday, when an audience member stood up one by one and began heckling the former speaker about government corruption and foreign policy by... And that's Lord Ian Miles Chung to you, bitch, with the respect on the fucking name, at Still Gray on Twitter. I came to see a warmonger, but you're just a sad old drunk. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Quote, you know, Pelosi, that's a very good place for you, in the depths of hell. One heckler shouted, quote, for some reason, you've had a very bad obsession with getting into war. Hey, you, is it that you did not, why is it that you did not admit that there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? You lied us into a war in Iraq. You got us to invade Afghanistan. Now over 90% of those people are in, impoverished and are dying. Why don't you tell the truth about Nord Stream? Oh, and when he said that, the mics hit the fucking floor quicker than that missile hit Poland from Ukraine. Let me tell you, folks, it hit hard. Still not as hard as XXX Tentacion in an elevator, but damn close. Pardon me. In the now viral video that was posted on social media on Wednesday, attendees can be heard booing as Pelosi mentioned, uh, mentioned for the heckler to sit down. Quote, Why did we destroy Nord Stream? You're leaving millions of Germans without energy. The heckler can be heard yelling while being removed from the event. People like you should be arrested. You are a war criminal. Another heckler then stood and began to shout, Hey, Congresswoman, I came to see a warmonger. But you, you are a sad old drunk. What happened? When you went to Taiwan... Were you looking for Ukraine? Did we blow up Nord Stream on accident or was it on purpose? He shouted. Did you know about that? Aren't you supposed to be part of that indictment tomorrow? He shouted, referencing former President Donald Trump's arraignment held Tuesday morning. You're a war criminal. By definition, Miss Pelosi, you have some nerve. You're a goddamn war criminal. How many have died in your fucking name? He continued while being escorted out. The video showed two other hecklers rising to speak out as the audience began, as the audience booing continued. They too were quickly removed by security because God help you if you speak truth to the fucking cathedral's priests in their fucking face, let me tell you. And here on Inside Four Walls, we fucking salute you! Big dick giga chads, let me tell you what. I'll, uh, I'll spend the next month looking over Paul Pelosi's investment portfolio, invest what he's investing, and I'll use that extra investment funds from all the insider trading to buy you all some big fucking pints, let me tell you. That being said, folks, this has been a nice little short deal of Inside Four Walls. I have been your host, James Madison, and quite frankly, that those comments from those protesters and those hecklers, they hit harder than the hammer to the side of Paul Pelosi's fucking temple.
So Adam Sandler just won the prestigious Mark Twain Award. This is the one that Jon Stewart's gotten in the past, Dave Chappelle, people like that, luminaries of the comedy world. But Chris Rock stole the show in terms of the ceremony. So he starts sort of going into Donald Trump. He said, Which is a viewpoint of a lot of people that well, but he wasn't he wasn't embracing Trump. He was just saying he thinks this is the reality. Yeah, exactly. He says the reality is if we try to arrest this guy, we're gonna make it worse. He also goes in on Paul Pelosi. So he's Nancy's. He didn't go in on Paul. Well, a little bit. So Nancy and Paul are in the crowd, and he's saying Paul Pelosi only because he's talking about getting slapped on stage and he points at Paul Pelosi and he's like, he's the only other one in the crowd who knows what it's like to be assaulted. Did they show his reaction? It'd be interesting to see if they laugh. Oh, Nancy's like, keep my husband's name out of your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> 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 <laughs>Donald Trump has massively jumped in the polls with experts saying his arrest backfired for Democrats, only contributing to his trademark bad boy image. His new campaign merch has been selling out across the country. I used to hate Trump, but now that he has three baby mamas and a criminal record, I think he's kind of hot. <laughs> Girl, I know. Oh, come on. Why won't you go for a nice politician like me? He's just a Chad who's going to use up your votes until you hit the wall. No, quite frankly, I love when women hit the wall. If more of them were hitting the wall of this prison, they might be able to break me out, frankly. In fact, ladies, because of you, the wall just got ten years older. Mr. President, it's not looking good. The situation is dire. Come on, man. He's a bad boy. I break the law all the time. How are you going to get in trouble for paying a hooker? For darn sake, that's what you're supposed to do. Mr. President, we've determined the only way for you to compete is to be more brazen about your illegal activities. We've got to get you sent to jail. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. What am I going to do? Wait, that's it. You don't have to go to jail. Just take Trump's bad boy rep away by pardoning him. Brilliant. I pardon. Shh, stop it. Stop. Pardon, go away. Stop it. Stop talking. I'm, I won't I'm hear it. I pardon you, man. You can't free me from jail. This is political. I tell you, political. This isn't the last you've heard from me. I win. And I didn't have to go to... Become a member at freedomtunes.com to get an extra cartoon each week. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. Now, this is that election interference article I was talking about earlier, but didn't get a chance to get to because the episode ran a little bit long. And I figured, fuck it, there's a lot of really interesting footage going around with RFK. And it gives me a good opportunity to kind of plug my on-the-ground footage that, you know, got some new eyes on me. You know, it doesn't hurt to remind people that I'm not just a, a greasy fat double chin fedora tippin fedora the explorer type guy with a microphone I actually go out in the real world and touch grass occasionally you know i like to remind people of that once in a while 
But this is interesting, and I will tell you right now, this is definitely election interference, and it had to be an actual choice by the media to do it, because why else would you do it? Check this out. Election interference. ABC blurs out text Trump to 8880-22 during Trump Mar-a-Lago coverage. They blurred out the little box that tells people who, who to text to get updates about the campaign. And there's actively people out there right now trying to paint this as not being election interference. When how the fuck is it not? They're also editing historical footage and running it too. So, I mean, there's a few angles to look at this. Now, let's get into this article by Libby Emmons of the Post Millennial Writing for, of the Post Millennial Writing for HumanEvents.com. And this was published yesterday. Oh, sorry. The 5th. I forgot it's the 7th now. Friday. Wow. Let's see. Does this have anything to do with the article? The answer is no. This has nothing to do with the story at hand. So we'll move forward. President Donald Trump spoke from Mar-a-Lago on Tuesday night. And in broadcasting that speech, ABC News blurred out the text written on Trump's podium that gave information on how to help raise funds for his presidential campaign. Not just raise funds, but these num- this number specifically also sends out updates saying, we fundraised this much, Trump planning a rally here, new Trump merch there, new poll here, latest news about Trump. You get a lot of different things from these numbers. You also get a lot of spam and junk text too. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and say these things are not annoyances and really not really worth your time. Uh, if you want something, they'll just send you news updates occasionally. There's a page called Young Conservatives you can follow on Facebook. You just like the page. You'll get a, a quiet notification once a day that says top five headlines and click here for more information. And that's it. Pretty clean cut. I use it. Uh, I've recommended it before, but let, let's continue. Uh... <clears throat> That speech, ABC News blurred out the text, uh, I read that. This was shocking. This was a shocking instance of election interference and something that news outlets would never do to any other political candidate. Not a false claim in sight. For over here from Charlie Kirk, ABC, New- ABC News blurs out text Trump to 88022 in its coverage of Trump's post-arraignment speech. As reports suggest that suggest the Trump campaign has raised over 10 million since his indictment. Oh, and we'll get into that too. Now let's hop over here. I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. <coughs> Sorry, moving on. In 2020, ABC allowed Biden's campaign text to broadcast live. Right here, as you see, uh, text. Three zero three zero three three zero. Come on, man. Do the sex the sex the number, man. Biden speaking in 2020, as broadcasted by ABC News, Trump gave remarks on his arrest in New York that morning, where he was charged with 34 felony counts. It wasn't. Mm. But here's the thing, the charges haven't really been made public. We know nothing about them. So we don't really know what's the pushback I can give here. We don't know anything about it. And even Trump was like, yeah, they didn't really tell us anything. We'll get into that too. 
34 felony counts of falsifying business records in a case to what essentially amounts to accusations of improper bookkeeping. In his speech to supporters and press, Trump spoke about uh, spoke about his campaign to take back the White House and make America great again. On his podium, read the words, text Trump to 880222, or 88022, my apologies. ABC clearly didn't want anyone to text or support the campaign, and in blurring that text, they went far beyond reporting on Trump's speech and dove into the realm of obscuring the news. Yeah, it's called editorializing. And if you're a news outlet, it's a big fucking no-no because that can get your ass slapped as an opinion outlet. Now, about that $100 million. Sorry, I had to cough and I couldn't recover quick enough. $10 million. Let's hop over here real quick to Chusasha right here. The great patriots inside and outside the courthouse on Tuesday were unbelievably nice. In fact, they couldn't even, they couldn't have been nicer. Court attendants, police officers, and others were all very professional and represented New York so well. Thank you all. As much as I can enjoy a day like Tuesday, where the radical left lunatics, maniacs, and perverts had me indicted and arrested for no reason whatsoever. There was no crime. It was an unbelievable experience. Perhaps the best. The best day in history. The best. I've asked around. Many have told me it was their favorite day. They said, Donald Trump, this is one of those days that will go down in history as I know exactly where I was when Donald Trump walked into the courthouse and slapped his giant orange balls on the chin of Alvin Bragg's. Go down in history as a day they almost had Captain Donald J. Trump. (laughs) But let's let's not pretend. We all know that Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein were the real island boys here. Now let's continue on this. Perhaps the best day in history for somebody who had just suffered unjustifiable indictments. My poll numbers have never been better. Almost 10 million was raised for the campaign and and the day was capped off with a very important speech. If we don't stop the radical left, America is dead. And Rasmussen polls shows with Donald Trump, he's up with women 15%. Republicans overall, 15%. And get this. Donald Trump with Democrat voters is up 19%. Donald Trump with Democrat voters. He gained more Democrat voters, according to this Rasmussen poll, than he did women and already established Republicans. And it gets even crazier. Liberals, he's up 26% with liberals. Donald Trump is polling a positive 20%, 26% with liberals. That is fucking wild. And I'm saying he's up. He's not. That is an insane amount of gain. He gained more in the liberal and Democrat demographic than in the women and Republican demographic. That is wild. And you know what? I know where the women are coming from because my boy Seamus Coughlin put it best. Now that Donald Trump has three has three different baby mamas and a criminal record, 
all of a sudden these liberal women are finding Mr. Donald J. Trump real hot and spicy. If you haven't seen the episode of Freedom Tunes, you should go check it out. But I will totally just throw it in at the end of this episode because it is worth watching. It's quite funny. But not the whole thing because you, you, know, you should go give them the views. That is a wild bump. Now, let's hop over here in this article. Yeah, uh, let's see. Where is it? Where is it? He's selling the shirt. Uh, right here. These not guilty t-shirts apparently are selling like fucking crazy. See this sign right here. Democrats for Trump. Silent no more. Dude, go on Etsy right now. Democrats for Trump are t-shirts all over Etsy right now. It was even trending on Twitter for five seconds. I didn't get a chance to grab a screenshot of it. But what a wild, what a fucking wild thing to do. I guess Chris Rock was really right. You gave him the Tupac effect where now he's only going to be more popular. You know what? It's not about racial identity. Listen, all of us came from a womb. All of us going to go to a tomb. Doesn't matter who you are. That is just phenomenal. Think about the implications of this. A Democrat runs for DA. He promises the people of the borough of Manhattan that he will get Trump. They elect him. He then gets Trump on an indictment. And he wants the very same people who voted for him on the theory of get Trump to now serve on the jury to get Trump. My God, how far do you have to go to explain the injustice in this? It should be obvious to everybody. And it has become increasingly obvious to Democrats and progressives and liberals and and people, people are afraid to say it, but they say it to me and they say it to others. This is American injustice at its worst. You have to wonder how's the Trump family holding up. Here now, the executive vice president of the Trump organization, Eric Trump, is with us. Uh, Eric, I had mentioned earlier, no this, is, this is started um, from the I, moment your dad came. You know, and I saw some NHS and I was dead wrong. Oh, Rakita Law is live. And down the escalator, and it's going to be a long two years based on what we are reading is coming down the road. Um, I can only imagine your family's reaction to all of this today. Well, Sean, we've been living with this for the last six years, as you said, and I have to say I've spent every minute of the last 36 hours with my father, and I have never seen a stronger, more determined person in my life. My father's got more backbone than anybody I've ever met. He's, he's an absolute rock. And, and it really dawned on me when we flew into LaGuardia Airport on this plane, we hopped in the motorcade. Every single intersection was closed. The FDR was closed. There was an army around Trump Tower. There's an army around the courthouse. There was barricades all over New York. Literally, Alvin Bragg caused 38,000 NYPD officers to be distracted from their jobs. Over $200 million are estimating that trick was for what? For $130,000 payment. 
It's insane. How many people in New York died because the entire NYPD wasn't doing their job because they were dealing with Alvin Bragg's political charade? And people have to put this in, in perspective, Sean. They're doing this to persecute a guy that's winning the Republican nomination by 35 points. He's not even close. They want to take him out of the race. They started this six years ago when they subpoenaed every single document, 11 million documents from the Trump organization. They couldn't find a damn thing. And this is what they're doing in the 11th hour when they see how well my father is doing the polls because America's failing right now on every single metric. They're going after him. They've weaponized the system. Alvin Bragg did it. Letitia James did it. They're doing it in Georgia. They're doing it all over the place. They want a tsunami of legal challenges to weigh over the president, and they think he'll give up. The one thing I'll tell you, Sean, my father will never, ever give up. You saw it tonight. He's going to fight, and I promise you, mark my words, I'm saying it here on your show for the first time, I promise you he is going to win in 2024. Americans see through this charade. But Eric, it's clear that they want to keep your father bogged down until 2024. They want him wrapped up in, in legal challenges, left, right, and sideways till 2024. Um, I, do, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what other... Uh, we do know what investigations are going on. Uh, we do know that the E. Jean Carroll case apparently is moving forward. I don't know what happens in Fulton County, Georgia, but I lived in Georgia, and if there's any county that will be likely to go after your, your dad in Georgia, it's going to be Fulton County. Uh, and then when you have a, a special counsel, you never know what, where that, those investigations end up. Well, Sean, they want to bog him down in Washington, D.C., too. He was getting so much done for the American people that guess what? They did impeachment one, they did impeachment two. They wanted to distract from his time. You know, he's rebuilding the military. He was reducing taxes. He was cutting regulation. You know, he was he was prioritizing religious freedom. He was prioritizing American first. You know, peace in the Middle East, all the other things. And guess what they were doing at the same time? Let's impeach a guy for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Let's impeach him again. Let's go after his Supreme Court justices and, you know, make up stories that they were drinking beer and doing all sorts of things when that clearly wasn't happening. That's all they've ever tried to do. They've always tried to bog him down. And that's exactly their plan right there. They tried to bankrupt him. Clearly that wasn't going to happen. They tried to bog him down. That wasn't going to happen, so they go after his family, they go after his lawyers, they go after his friends, they go after anybody in his inner circle. Sean, this is their plan. They're not even discreet about it. This is what the other party does. They weaponize the system. They weaponize every institution that they can put their claws into. That's what they do. They, they will win using any methodology that they can. It's not about fair elections anymore. It's not about winning at the ballot box. It's using any method to gain an unfair advantage over your opponent, that's what the Democrats will do. They put my father and our family through hell, and I'm telling you, the American people look through it, they see it, they understand what the Washington swamp is, loud and clear. That's been defined for Americans, and when we got off that plane, and you saw tens and tens of thousands of people lining the streets all the way from Palm Beach International Airport to Mar-a-Lago, waving American flags and Trump 2024 flags, Sean, the love is incredible. No one's ever seen that kind of love, and this is coming off of the day that the 45th president of the United States was indicted, and the streets are lined with people literally singing God Bless America. All right. Now, let's move into the next article, shall we? Trump's team says he has now raised $10 million since indictment as, as he flies back to Mar-a-Lago following historical court appearance and prepares to address his supporters tonight. Now, the address has already happened. It's up on my channel. If you want to go watch it. But let's get into this $10 million. Oh, my goodness. Trump flew out of New York ready to address his supporters at Mar-a-Lago after the hearing. He said he raised $10 million after the indictment. His campaign began to offer began offering mocked up mugshot t-shirts on Tuesday afternoon while he was still in court the not guilty t-shirts went live so i have to ask how much more free publicity are the left really willing to give trump at this point 
they're not even willing to get together again until December 4th of this year. So, this is just going to be good PR and fundraising material right here. (coughs) The five days since Donald Trump was indicted, in five days, Donald Trump raised $10 million. And this article is two days old at this point mind you that that that's two days so in 10 days in in uh five days he made 10 million dollars i wonder how many million he went up in two days since this article has been fucking written how much do you want to bet it's at least two million dollars because people are buying these t-shirts like i said they're apparently selling like fucking wild and i don't know if i'm a fair example because again i'm a precinct delegate in my district so I'm already surrounded by politicos, and I and I run in this circle anyway. But I've already seen people in the wild wearing this shirt. And again, like I said, I might not be a fair example because I'm already kind of in that world as an elected representative in my area. So I, it may not be fair, but I have seen these shirts outside of the internet. Article by Rob Grilly, Krilly, senior U.S. political reporter for DailyMail.com, published. April uh, 4th, 2023, updated the 5th of April, 2023. The five days since Donald Trump was indicted by a New York grand jury uh, have brought, he has brought in 10 million for his campaign, making it the most lucrative period so far if his own numbers are to be believed. On Tuesday, as he appeared in court, his campaign sent out another email blast this time offering a t-shirt with a mocked-up mugshot of Trump. He has used the latest legal twist to whip up more anger and outrage among his supporters. Ooh. In another email message to his supporters, as he left New York, he said, quote, You are why I could never give up our mission to save America, no matter how nasty and vicious the attacks get. Since news of the indictment first broke, I have been informed that our campaign has raised over $10 million. <sighs> Again, I really like this shirt. I want this shirt. I just wanted, uh, I just want a black shirt with white text. I don't wear white. I always fuck it up. I can wear any other color of outfit and not get a stain on it. I wear white for two seconds. I'm fucking it up. Don't know. It's just the universe has a fucked up sense of humor. I have a white tuxedo I haven't worn in 10 years just because of that. I'm petrified. The number could not immediately be verified because fundraising data uh, does not have to be recorded with federal authorities until the end of each quarter. But in recent days, and I cannot wait for that number to come out accurately, but in recent days, the campaign said it has received a surge of small donations, a quarter of them from first-time donors, averaging at $34 a piece. After the hearing, Trump posted on True Social, We'll be delivering remarks tonight at Mar-a-Lago at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. He wrote, The hearing was shocking to many that had no surprises and therefore no case. Virtually every legal pundit has said that there is no case here. There was nothing done illegally. Trump who was impeached twice by the House of Rep. And by the way, I said multiple times that his 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 arrest and indictment would just translate to 
Yay, we finally impeached Donald Trump. Why the fuck is he still in office? 2.0. And so far, it has been exactly that. To the point where people are fucking livid. Go look at, uh, if you want, go look at these night, these talk show hosts. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, all these guys. Go look at their comments on Twitter. People are roasting them because they promised everyone Trump would be in prison for 130 years. Ooh, that sucks. But they're being mocked and ridiculed all over Twitter for it right now. So if you can, you know, go make it like your boy and get blocked real quick. But moving on. <clears throat> Trump, who was impeached twice by the House of Representatives, but was never convicted in the U.S. Senate, is the first former president to face criminal charges. The former reality TV star has been hyping uh has been hyping that narrative to his political advantage raising millions of dollars since the indictment claims on a witch hunt Let's see what's this footage here oh just from walking out of the court yep Is it just the same from different angles? Oh, okay. Like I said, he'd be in and out within an hour to two and a half hours. Back home already. There's like one guy yelling great shit, the other guy's yelling fuck Donald Trump. It's like there's one guy on both sides. Yep, that's kind of it. Moving on. Trump is scheduled to return to his Palm Beach, Florida home. Already read that. At least 500 prominent supporters have been invited. Some of them uh, of the most pro-Trump congressional Republicans are expected to attend. Read that, read that. Trump denies having sexual... uh, sexual liaisons with either women and has denied any wrongdoing involving payments both women themselves have admitted that they are lying about this so hate to break it to you let's 
see New York ability to carry out safe drama-free courthouse proceedings in the court case involving the polarizing ex-president can be important uh, test case as prosecutors in Atlanta and Washington conduct their own investigations of Trump that could also result in charges. Yeah, we'll see how those go, too. Allies of Trump are... Con- you know what? If Trump's lucky, they'll try to have him indicted there as well, too. Allies of Trump are convinced that the Manhattan District Attorney's pursuit of the former president will make him unbeatable in the race to secure the Republican 2024 nomination. I think he already has that locked in. Based on what you know, would you say that this is this indictment of Trump is politically motivated? 83% agree to 11% who disagree. Uh, let's see. A memo sent to donors, the chief executive of MAGA Incorporated. Trump Alliance Super PAC includes a poll that shows 80% of likely GOP primary voters think the indictment of Donald Trump by the Manhattan Grand Jury is politically motivated. Oh, this is the guy who was yelling the other side. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good because, uh, you know, it's it's a total uh, political prosecution. It's a dirty political prosecution. Uh, the district attorney, Brad, refused to even hand over like 600 pages of material that would uh, exonerate Donald Trump. It would have never been an arrest or, or, or a, guilt, a not guilty plea today. Donald Trump's 76 years old. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the fame. If he would have announced a month ago, you know what? I decided this politics, I'm, I'm not with it no more. I want to float on my yacht in Fiji, and I want no part of politics. There would have never been the circus of yesterday in front of Trump Tower. There would have never been this ridiculous money-wasting no cap. circus no cap. in front of the courthouse. This wouldn't have occurred. The Democratic Party fears Donald Trump that much that they have to knock him off the ballot because they're scared to go up against him in, a, in another election in 2024. It's ridiculous. And yet, they, they arrested, fingerprinted, probably mugshot, perp walk Donald Trump today when the real criminal today... Trump was never perp walked. Complete correction here. ...is the DA of Manhattan, Albert Bragg, States here that came to show their concern, and for the most part, when I discussed this with a number of people in the crowd, uh, their concerns were similar to mine. The judicial process should not be used for political purposes. It shouldn't be used to harass or persecute somebody who is a citizen, or especially not a candidate in a political race. There's a real question here: Do we want to see show trials? It may not be quite as much as, well, if they, they, they're the predetermined outcome and they're going to be put to death because they spoke out against some giant totalitarian power. So that was the context of the old Soviet Union. But otherwise, Soviet. this is using a court process for a political uh, theater, essentially. All right, moving on. A confidential memo sent to donors by the chief already read that. Quote, Republican primary voters are united in the belief that the Manhattan DA Alvin Braggs and his liberal cohorts are mounting a baseless political mo- politically motivated attack on President Trump, concludes Tony Fabrizio, Trump's chief pollster for his 2016 and 2020 campaigns in the memo obtained by the Daily Mail. Given 
the overwhelming opinions Republican primary voters have on this subject, it is very likely that this indictment will only further unite the party behind President Trump. That's what I've been saying since the fucking beginning. So, uh, to the naysayers, I encourage you to take your thumb out, spit on it, take your trouser to about your knee, and put your thumb behind you and jump as high in the air as you can and try to land on your fucking thumb and spin on it because fuck you, I was right. And I love the salt because there are so many people. I even had a couple shill comments on different platforms who were telling me, oh, this is it for Trump. The walls are closing in. The walls are closing. The walls have been perpetually closing in on Donald Trump since almost 10 years ago in 2014. So let me ask you, where are the walls? Because they seem to be standing quite tall. And now they're getting a fucking fresh gold coating. So tell me again how the walls are closing in exactly. I'll fucking wait for it. Because from where I'm sitting, those claims of this being it look like 14 karat cock shit. Sorry. I never miss a chance to say I told you so. And I encourage you guys to never miss a chance to say I told you so. False humility is only a self-inflicted wound. The data put statistical meat on the rhetorical bones of the Trump supporters who have taken to the airwaves in a 24 uh, in, in the 24 hours since the news broke of the indictment to say that it will only make the former president stronger. Now let's look at some of these comments. Another lie. 24 cases left. And it says ahead of Adam's family uh ahead, head of Adam's family speaking. Uh let's see Trish 8022 that is definitely his angry face and it says if Trump is going to come out of this mess he has to control his temper and keep his mouth shut he has been warned by the judge and a fat so fucking what he's not keeping his mouth shut he's been running his mouth non-stop over here on truth about it and there ain't really fuck all they can do to stop him because he's just going Bragg's idiotic, small-minded prosecution. This will likely all backfire. In fact, it already is backfiring. Americans are very smart people, and they see what's going on. This is a persecution disguised as a prosecution. I would dismiss it on its face because it fails to state a crime. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. We can't let that happen. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. So, uh, I hate to tell you this, he's not exactly keeping his mouth shut. He is turning every ounce of this into the fucking PR it is. So stay salty and stay fucking mad, Trish. Also, what a Karen name. Unless you're a fan of my show and your name's Trish, and then your name is absolutely based, giga-chatted, and surely you have a fat cock. Now, that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. 
And uh, again, the walls are closing in. Under New York State law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. Trump, Trump got in there saying, I'm going to get rid of this swamp. He asked me to be on a vaccine safety commission. And that news got out. Pfizer gave him a million dollars for the inauguration and then for his inaugural party. And then he appointed two of Pfizer's lobbyists, Scott Gottlieb and Alex Azar, to run HHS. And they killed the vaccine safety commission. And then Gottlieb went serve on Pfizer's board. That is the swamp. The vaccine schedule began exploding in 1989, and you'll see autism four and a half years after the vaccine. By 1995, we started seeing an explosion in autism, and we went, you know, we've gone now from autism being one in 10,000 Americans to one in every 34 children. So crazy. It began exploding in 95, and the CDC itself said this could be the vaccines. These women, the mothers are reporting it's the vaccines. Other people are reporting doctors, etc. We're seeing it all over. Let's look. Well, hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls, and this is an interesting development. Now, finally, a Democrat running for office. I can throw my fucking hat behind a little bit here. I just, I, I have certain concerns about this. Now, I do... Now, my concerns are not with the individual themselves or their policies. So certain other extenuating circumstances that make me not able to throw my hat immediately behind this candidate. But I do love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or Bobby Kennedy Jr. This man is phenomenal. Now, I've had the extreme pleasure of being at a few events where this man has been the the, the headline speaker. Most recently... At the Defeat the Mandate uh, out in Washington, D.C. If you want, I'll leave a link to these in the description below right here. Defeat the Mandate, an American homecoming. The full, well, this is the interviews only. And right here is the full almost six-hour day with all the speakers and everyone there, including um, Dr. Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, so on and so forth. So if you have any interest, I'll leave those in the description below. If I can, I'll throw in just the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speaking parts at the end of this episode. Now, again, I'm a huge fan of this guy. 
and I don't have really have any issue with the Kennedys. I think they're pretty uh, pretty awesome individuals. For I mean, for example, the federal government said you're not allowed to drink alcohol or smoke pot. And what was the Kennedy family response? We're gonna bootleg alcohol and sell weed and make millions on it. Then become politicians and then just absolutely strong on the government. You know, unfortunately. Um, you know, JFK got a little uh, ahead of himself. And then uh, Bobby Kennedy's old man, you know, he... Uh, well, he didn't really get ahead in life either, did he? Oh, well. That being said, let's get into this article. And then we have... Uh, well, a major mainstream media outlet has been formally accused of election interference. And that'll be the next article we get into. So... Let's get into this. I'll go a little bit more into my reservations about this. But again, I love this man. I love his charity work. I love what he's done with exposing vaccine companies, constantly speaking out against the COVID vaccine, holding everybody accountable that he can. The work he's done with Judicial Watch and Tom Fitton, uh, Children's Health Alliance. And then he also, his uh, one of his uh, companies donated just pallets full of the real Anthony Fauci books to the People's Convoy out there in Washington, D.C., the Freedom Convoy that was going on, and I was with that as well, and they went to Washington, D.C., to Anthony Fauci's neighborhood, and went door-to-door, handing out copies of the real Anthony Fauci to Fauci's fucking neighbors. Yes, folks, that's what the people at the Freedom Convoy did. Not the organizers, the people who are participating of their own volition. So just, good guy. Let's get into this article from... New York Post. RFK Jr. will challenge Biden for 2024 Democratic presidential nomination by Victoria Nava. Now, if the Democrat Party wants to save face, this is absolutely the candidate they should throw their hat behind 1,000%. And this guy very easily could be a bellwether because this man on a surface is everything the Democrat Party should aim to be. This is the perfect Democrat candidate. This is who they should have ran multiple times. Well, he should have ran earlier, but the Parkinson's disease kind of holds everything up. By Victor Nava, this article is, and this is from April 5th, 2023, and it was recently updated. Prominent anti-vaccine activist and environmentalist Robert F. Kennedy Jr. filed paperwork with the Federal Elections Committee, FEC, on Wednesday to officially launch his 2024 presidential campaign kennedy jr filed to challenge president biden next year as a democrat joining self-help guru uh marianne williamson now dead in the water candidate there but i'm curious to see what she does people were speculating she was gonna run green party but i'm like nah the green party runs anybody it's always gonna be jill stein and female bernie sanders even with a pair of wilty tits will not make it I mean, in an election sense exclusively. Now, filed to run Selfo Guru as the other declared major candidate in the party, uh, in the party in the White House race. The 69-year-old is the son of former U.S. Attorney General, Senator, and 1968 presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, you know what? I'll say it right now. I trust this man in office, but not behind the wheels of an automobile. My gun has killed less people than this man's father's driving. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., or Robert F. Kennedy, 
who was shot and killed by Sirhan Sirhan on the campaign trail. Uh, I like to add asset to the CIA and Mossad, a former Mossad agent, but moving on. He is also the nephew of former President John F. Kennedy, who was also assassinated while in office. I wonder by who. Over the years, Kennedy Jr. has emerged as one of the leading opponents of vaccines. His anti-vaccine efforts only intensified after COVID-19 pandemic and the development of vaccines that offer protection against the virus. What a dubious and easily debunkable claim. Alright, so... I wanted to address that little dubious claim. So this is something I've been covering for a long time since the very beginning of the pandemic on this show. I'll leave links to some of the episodes, but let's pull some of the articles from that episode, from these different episodes. AP reports that vaccinated people carry just as much COVID as non-vaccinated people. And out of a group of 900 subjects sick with the Wu flu, 75% were fully vaccinated, but 80% of that 75% experienced symptoms as much as those who aren't. The AP is doing real journalism for a fucking change, and you love to goddamn see it. Now let's hop over to a different episode of mine. New Harvard-backed study by the NIH said vaccines made no difference in the spread of COVID while pointing out that places with the most vaccinated people are hot spots for new COVID hospitalizations and deaths. The new COVID pill delivered and paid for uh, already by American taxpayers uh will <laughs> be sold to Americans 40 times its cost despite having been paid for by the Americans and sold cheaper around the world. John Campbell, veteran doctor and CNN medical guest, has damning report for vaccines amid administration. Uh, vaccine being administered wrong. And hopping over here to Tim Cast, scientists find smoking gun linking AstraZeneca vaccine to various fucking side effects. So you have to ask yourself, what the fuck do you mean this vaccine is protected? And when you label someone as anti-vaxxer, why don't you maybe show the very easily accessible evidence? Because of a fucking simpleton high school dropout pothead like me, who also managed to get into high college at a, you know, decent age, can figure this out. Why the fuck can't the New York Post? And hopping over here, vaccines care... Vaccinated people carry just as much COVID as non-vaccinated. On Google, vanilla search, nothing special. Right here from the University of California, Davis. There was no significant difference in viral load between vaccinated and unvaccinated or between asymptomatic and symptomatic groups. Vaccines have shown to be highly effective in preventing severe disease hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. And even the last half of that Google result is very easily debunked. So, folks, beware the claims you're going to see around Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s candidacy for president because, oh boy, are the vaccines going to become rushing right back into mainstream media super duper fucking quickly. And there's going to be some conversations brought to the front stage that a lot of pharmaceutical companies really do not want to have. And this man is actually a threat. Now, we'll see if the government still believes in public assassinations or not. Do you think uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to find himself in prison and suddenly suicidal out of nowhere? I'm saying it right now. Robert F. Kennedy did not kill himself. Neither did his son. Anyway, 
his anti-vaccine efforts. Fuck off, by the way. So over the years, Kennedy Jr. has emerged as one of the leading opponents of the vaccines. His anti-vaccine efforts only intensified after the COVID-19 pandemic and the development of vaccines that offer protection against the virus. Which is interesting because, again, as we've just ran through, the vaccine was literally shown to stop nothing. People who are vaccinated are just as much carriers of COVID as the non-vaccinated counterpart. And I hate to break it to you, Moderna, Pfizer, and all these guys are throwing away millions of doses every few months of this vaccine because nobody fucking wants it anymore. And despite all the propaganda, I hate to tell it to you, uh, the unvaccinated seem to be doing just fucking fine, and not a single one of them seems to not regret taking it. So I hate to break it to you. Pink elephant in the room says, go fuck yourself. Children's Health Defense an anti-vaccine charity run by Kennedy Jr. more than doubled its revenues in 2020 to $6.8 million according to the AP. In February 2021, Instagram booted RFK Jr. off its website for spreading false information about the COVID-19 vaccine to his more than 800,000 followers. He deserves way more followers than that. He had linked the deaths of Major League Baseball player Hank Aaron to the COVID-19 vaccine. Last year, Kennedy Jr. found himself under even more fire after he held attendees at an anti-vaccine rally in the National Mall in Washington, D.C. And your boy was there on the grounds recording. And mind you, D.C. had snipers drawn on an unarmed crowd. Little laser scopes and everything on top of different national buildings with the barrels of their rifles pointed squarely at the various heads of the attendees of this anti-mandate rally. A rally protesting against the government's unconstitutional vaccine mandate. So let me ask you, what the fuck are they so afraid of? It's a bunch of old fogies, journalists, and various other people showing up to hear a series of speakers talk. Just think about that. That kind of crowd tells the federal government to send armed snipers out on the roof of these buildings to gun down and point their barrels of their weapons at taxpayer citizens, at tax-paying citizens of this country. Meanwhile, whenever there's a mass shooting, a massacre, murders, riots, whatever, so forth, we always find out that the people who participated in these tragedies were on the radar of these various alphabet three-letter agencies. So, it's good to know their priorities are in the, you know, best places. <clears throat> that it was easier for Anne Frank to hide from Nazis than it was for Americans to escape the vaccine mandates. Well, yeah. I mean, they already couldn't work in Germany, so it's a joke. I'm, I'm not uh, exactly downplaying any of it other than... Uh, Man, how many? How 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 uh, how long do I have to sit here? Um, for the people out there who are like, oh well, you know, Hitler bad. Oh, you know, Nazis. Oh, you know, Donald Trump is Nazi. These very people were acting like the very thing they pretend to hate, going door to door, threatening to send police to kick in front doors, knock on doors, 
distributing vaccines door to door. And by the way, keep in mind, the very people who are going to talk to you like you're a fucking idiot because you didn't get vaccinated were comfortable pulling into random ass Walmarts, sticking their arms out their car door windows and letting God even knows that this person is qualified or trained inject mystery fluid into their arm in the same kind of setup as the safe light repair guys in the summer with their free windshield repair tents. These people have the nerve to belittle and mock you when they were pulling this kind of gullible shit earlier. And furthermore, no jab, no job. Remember that? That was the whole mantra of a goofy fucking cult. I was telling you that you were lesser because you weren't complying with the jackboot authorities in Washington, D.C. and the unelected establishment. Whew. Yeah, I'd say the comparison's kind of apt. Especially when you consider a lot of the side effects of this vaccine. I don't know. Do you did you really dodge severe uh, like benefits? Did you did, did you did you dodge death? For example, Justin Bieber is canceling all of his fucking tours for the foreseeable future because his face don't work right. I mean, I hate to break it to you. You can uh, put all the quotations around what he says as much as you want, but there was nowhere to run for the longest time. Now, luckily, the Supreme Court... And this is... By the way, the people in the comments who want to leave uh, various uh, racist jokes about black politicians... Fair, a lot of the jokes are funny, but remember, if it wasn't for one specific black Supreme Court justice, you would be vaccinated and or you would be homeless right now. And uh, again, a counterpunch to the left here who is like... The, the right hates Katanji Brown Jackson because she's a black woman. Bro, don't you realize the average conservative would be happy with a bench of nothing besides Clarence Thomas and seven clones of Clarence Thomas? That would be like the ideal Supreme Court makeup. Just a bunch of Clarence Thomas clones. And I'm aware of the current headlines bouncing around the media. I have to look more into it. I don't really know. But I'm, I am I just, I don't know. I'm amused. I'm very amused. The people who always want to do the, uh, but you're a, a fascist, but uh, you're a Nazi. But, 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 but. We're literally acting like the very people they pretend to hate. Like they're not them. You know what I mean? Goofy. Yeah, we're totally not Nazi. Let's send uh, over $100 billion to Ukraine. Totally not a Nazi fighting force over the Azov battalion. Fuck right on off. <coughs> Quote, even in Hitler's Germany, you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did, he said during his speech. Yeah, and even more, we didn't have smartphones, you know. People didn't have smartphones back then. Meanwhile, right now, with the Patriot Act 2.0 going out there, you know, the Restrictions Act, the federal government can track you everywhere. Remember uh, vaccine passports and digital ID systems? All parts of... All parts of different ESG credit systems. Sorry, I wiggled my toes wrong and it just hurt like a bitch. But oh well. They, you know, they're going to act like, like that's a, a ludicrous, ludicrous, ludicrous claim to make when no. Everyone has a tracking device in their pocket right now. And Frank and them didn't have that. Like there is no escape today because of technology. Because of security cameras on every street. If the government wants to find you, they will find you. They will track you down. And there is no avoiding that. So again, scoff if you wish, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is absolutely 
on the goddamn money right now with that claim. Quote, today, the mechanisms are being put in place to make it so none of us can run and none of us can hide, he added. During the same rally, he also spread conspiracy theories about 5G and digital currencies. Quote, they're putting 5G to, they're putting in 5G to harvest our data and control our behavior. Digital currency that will allow them to punish us from a distance and cut off our food supply, he argued. See, these are the very conversations he's going to bring to the forefront that people are just not ready to talk about. And he's going to make them hear the arguments. He's going to make them hear the conversations. And this is one of the many reasons why I'm super duper excited and I fully back him right for president. Even with all that, there's a reason why he doesn't have my vote. And we'll get into that at the end of this, our end of this article. Pardon me, I need to get a drink. My, my throat's getting quite parched. Ooh. The Kennedy family, uh, Scion, revealed last month that he was considering a White House run. Quote, if it looks like I can ro- if I can raise the money and mobilize enough people to win, I'll jump in the race. He wrote in a tweet, quote, If I run, my top priority will be to end the corrupt merger between the state and corporate power that has ruined our economy, shattered the middle class, polluted our landscapes and our waters, poisoned our children, and robbed us of our values and freedoms. Together, we can restore America's democracy. Biden 80 has yet to announce that he will seek re-election in 2024 the post with post wires so again as i said before like i am fully behind this man running for office but he does have parkinson's he is not a very confident speaker we were looking down the barrel world war three right now i need a president who demands respect and as much as Robert F. Kennedy's brain is there, he's intact, what he fights for are good causes, and he was there with Ron Paul in the early years as well, he just does not project strength. And we have enough problems right now with a president who already has a series of health issues. I love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I love the causes he fights for and the hills he's willing to die on. I love the stances he's taken over the years. And again, I've met him. I, well, not met him directly, but I've had the brief opportunity to exchange a few words and a handshake with him and go to a couple of events where he's spoken. The, he is a phenomenal speaker. It's just he has Parkinson's and you can hear it in every syllable of every word he says. And that is my only gripe with him but he is so good for the left to run because he could maybe reset a few people's uh, chips because he's going to come out and say a lot of stuff that a lot of these people on the left even the most progressive amongst them are going to agree with and that might make a couple of people start tuning in he could really be a Ron Paul for the left right now and I really hope he can at least achieve that Might not see. I don't think he'll ever see the Oval Office in his time but he definitely belongs somewhere in the vicinity of that. So let's scroll on down here to the comments. Uh, the Anointed Soul. I was at the march against the mandates rally in D.C. base, and it was nothing like what the post says here. I wasn't anti-vaxxer either. I was pro-professional personal freedoms and rights. Uh, Ralph Son of Macho. Ralph Son, Son of Macho. I respect the reference. 
I hope he gets it. But with the vo- with that voice and the whole de- uh, Democrat media complex against him, no way. I think if most Americans had a ripcord out of this death plunge where uh, we're in, we'd pull it. How many people actually benefit by their party affiliation? Unfortunately, the system eats third-party candidates. Unfortunately, he's absolutely right. And Noel Field, he's probably not going to get it, get the nomination, but he could force the discussion of uncomfortable topics. That is exactly what I'm saying. And that is most likely the point of his run. And you know what? He will be a bellwether. Because a candidate like him should be exactly what the left wants right now. And if they choose to attack him and belittle and besmirch him, it's going to show the old what's left of the non-shit lib left that's willing to maybe throw their hat behind a Democrat candidate how bad things is, things are. And if things are go really bad and they try to eat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. alive, which they're going to do inevitably, he's going to see how bad things have actually gotten. And you might gain on the right. If the right plays this right, you could gain one of the most powerful allies you could ever hope to have. That is the bulk of this episode right here with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And you know what? I'm going to save the next article about a major media outlet being accused of election fraud or election interference for the last recording for this episode because it ties into major fundraisings on Trump's behalf right now. So that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been here, James Madison. Let me know below what you think about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president. I'm bef- I'm I'm all behind it. I don't think he'll ever get it, but he will be a great success for the left right now. That being said, I've been here, James Madison, and I'll catch y'all later. Deuce. Chairman of the board and chief legal counsel for Children's Health Defense. The founder of the Water People Alliance and is the counsel to Morgan and Morgan, a nationwide personal injury practice. It is an absolute honor to welcome Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to the staff. Coming out today and braving the cold to stand up for democracy and for our children and for the United States Constitution. I want to I want to start with a salute to the doctors, the medical doctors, the healers, the courageous doctors of conscience who stood up with me here today and who preceded me onto this podium. We, one of the most disconcerting, alarming features of this pandemic response has been this war against doctors of conscience. We know their names. Pierre Corey, Peter McCulloch, Paul Merrick, Paul Alexander, Ryan Cole, Tess Flory, and so many others whose lives and livelihoods are being destroyed because they are trying to do their jobs and protect our children. Now, 
The other really disconcerting part of this pandemic response has been what I call the information chaos. The use, the orchestrated confusion and fear by manipulating PCR tests and over-amplifying them, by changing the metrics on how death certificates are calculated. The complete absence of any good information on case fatality rates or infection fatality rates or all the things that our public health agencies ought to be telling us so that we can individually with our physicians evaluate the risk and treatment and prophylactic protocols. We weren't given any of that information. The information that we were given was badly, badly manipulated. And so now we're left saying, what really happened? We weren't told, for example, that there was a stage stratified risk. That people who are over 70 are a thousand times more at risk from COVID than those under 70. And that children have a statistically zero risk. We were manipulated and the press was manipulated and telling us all that every American faced the same threat as elderly people. And that meant that we could not have a rational response that protected the vulnerable and protected people in our livelihoods, our culture, our political freedoms, our constitutional rights and our values, which are all ultimately public health issues. Now, the one data point that in all of this confusion, the fog of war that they created and orchestrated to sow confusion, to sow fear, to make us compliant. The one data point that everybody should know and that we have to regard as reliable because it's the data point that Pfizer gave in its submission to FDA to get its license. We know a lot about the Pfizer vaccine, more than any of the other vaccines, because the Pfizer, Pfizer vaccine is the only vaccine that has a license. And until they get that license, they do not have to produce their data. So the only data we really have that's reliable is the Pfizer data. And by the way, there's a half a million pages of granular data which Pfizer and FDA have refused to produce because they say it's too burdensome. These are the data that they reviewed for 108 days, but they say they can't show it to us for 55 years. They promised they were going to have, because they were rushing the process, they were going to have complete transparency 
Uh, what they meant is they're going to have complete transparency in 55 years. Oh, we want it now. Oh. So I'm just going to briefly tell you to review for you the one important thing that you should know from Pfizer's own data, which is the section of the submission to FDA where they talk about all-cause mortality. And what they say in that data, which Steve Kirsch, you can go to his blog and you can see a really good explanation of it. But here's what it says, it's very simple. Of the, over the six-month period of the study, they, they ended the study in six months. They told us it was gonna go for five years. They ended it in six months, they unblinded it, and they gave the vaccine to the placebo group. So we will never know the long-term impacts of this vaccine. But here's what they said happened in those six months. Of the 22,000 people in the vaccine group, 17 of them, or 21 of them died over the six-month period. Of the 22,000 people in the placebo group, only 17 died. What that means, if you extrapolate it and consider it reliable, which Pfizer says it is a reliable predictor of the performance of this vaccine, what that means, and this conclusion is inescapable, that if you take the vaccine, you have a 21% increased chance of dying over the next six months. Now, what happened was in the vaccine group, one person died of COVID of the 22,000. In the placebo group, two people died from COVID. That allowed Pfizer to tell the FDA and the American people that this vaccine is 100% effective because two is 100% greater than one. <laughs> and that is a metric called relative risk. It is a deceit. The important thing for people to understand is absolute risk. And here's what absolute risk tells us. They have to give 22,000 vaccines to protect one person from death from COVID. And if you're gonna give 22,000 vaccines to prevent one death, you better make sure the vaccine doesn't kill anybody. Because if it kills one person, you have canceled out all the benefits. But as we saw, 21 people died in the vaccine group and only 17 in the placebo group. So where did those excess deaths come from? The answer to that question is heart attacks. In the vaccine group, there were five fatal heart attacks in the six month period among those 22,000 people. In the placebo group, there was one fatal heart attack to the 22,000 people. So what that means is, if you take the vaccine, 
you're 500% more likely to die of a heart attack over the next six months than if you don't. And it also means that every life they're saving by averting the COVID death, they are killing four excess people with heart attacks. Now, the vaccine now is in the marketplace. And what we've seen is the data points that we are seeing confirm the fact that people are dying of heart attacks. As Steve said, there's been a million injuries recorded in theirs. There have been 20,000 deaths, more deaths than all vaccines combined for the last 36 years. So, what is CDC's answer and Tony Fauci's answer to that? Is they say, and this is what the press, like a bunch of stenographers and automatons, will repeat again and again, is, well, the VAERS system doesn't work. Well, it's their system. It's the only system they got. We didn't make up the system. They made it up. And they've known for 36 years that it doesn't work. And that's their fallback position, is the system that we gave you to protect you from vaccine injury is so broken and so unreliable that it can't be used for any purpose. Well, the 1986 Act, Congress ordered HHS and the industry to create a working surveillance system that would allow us to be able to calculate and estimate accurately vaccine injuries and death. So for 36 years, they've been breaking the law. And in 2010, they finally said, oh, okay, we'll design a system that works, a surveillance system. Well, they created a machine counting system that captured about 90% of vaccine injuries and deaths. And the study, I'm gonna quote these studies because I know this has never happened to you before because you've been listening to CNN and, and HHS. So you're not used to hearing about scientific studies, but science actually is determined by doing studies formally before we appointed one man to be the science. They were Harvard scientists, they spent millions of dollars, they studied the system for three years, and they had a pilot system that they designed that would capture all the vaccine entries. At the end, the study, which is called the Lazarus Study 2010, 
They came back and said, we designed a system that works like a charm. It picks up most vaccine injuries. And guess what we found? There, when we compared it to theirs, we found that theirs is missing more than 99%, not 99%, more than 99% of vaccine injuries. What did CDC do? They looked at that, and that study said that one out of every 39 people who got vaccinated with any vaccine, on average, were suffering injury. CDC was telling the American public it was one in a million. They were lying. Yeah. And so what was their solution? But as I say that, we're here in unity and love, and I love them enough to know that they're going to be smart enough to actually do their research and change their mind. They don't need the paycheck from Grandma. We get the paycheck from being humans. The paycheck is having a good heart and having connection and humanity. Because yeah. that's good for your immune health. Yeah. We're not going to judge anyone. We're here in love and unity because the pandemic is ending and we are never going to let it happen to humanity again. The heroes of the pandemic were canceled. We will never allow mandates on humanity again. And we made a vow. History does not repeat itself. History is a poem that rhymes with itself. And I hear those evil heel clicks of history. That is a poem, a mandate we need to erase. That is a poem and a piece of history we will not repeat. Natural immunity is the best, the broadest, the longest lasting. Take care of your body. Sleep, don't eat the junk of the big, food systems get your vitamin d your vitamin d your vitamin d america the pandemic is ending you are on the right side of history as i said it is beautiful to be with people today that are awake and not woke thank you very much left, look to your right, look in front of you and look behind you, my friends. You are not alone. Last August, I challenged the University of California's vaccine mandate in federal court. Three months later, the University of California fired me, where I had spent my entire career as a professor at the School of Medicine and director of the medical ethics program. But I'm not backing down. I continue to fight because there's a human right not enshrined in any constitution, and that is the right to truth. And no right has been more systematically trammeled in the last two years than this one. Our ruling class has seen in COVID an opportunity to revolutionize society. Recall, for example, how the phrase, the new normal, emerged almost immediately in the very few first weeks of the pandemic. The specter of asymptomatic spread, which never had any scientific basis, turned every fellow citizen into a potential threat to my existence. It would be hard 
to devise a better method to destroy the fabric of society and to divide us. We can't let this happen. We're done with this. People who are afraid of everyone, who are locked down, who are isolated for months or years behind screens are easier to control. A society grounded in social distancing is a contradiction. It's a kind of anti-society. The pandemic was then used as a pretext for expanding state powers beyond all previous limits. The threshold for what counts as a public health emergency was deliberately never de defined. So this state of emergency continues indefinitely with no end in sight. With vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, we're seeing the emergence of what I call a biosecurity surveillance regime. The welding of digital technologies, public health and police power are leading to unprecedented invasions on our privacy and intrusive methods of control. Now keep in mind that this pretext of public health and public safety historically has been used to pave the way even for totalitarian regimes. It's a cautionary tale from Germany, given the fact that Nazi Germany was governed for virtually the entirety of its existence under Article 48 of the Weimar Constitution, which allowed for suspension of German laws during times of emergency. Recall also the name of the group that in carried out the infamous reign of terror during the French Revolution. It was called the Committee on Public Safety. As the great Soviet dissident Alexander Solzhenitsyn lamented, if only we had stood together against the common threat, we could have easily defeated it. So why didn't we? We didn't love freedom enough. We hurried to submit. We submitted with pleasure. We purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterwards. We will not go down that same path. That's why we're here. We will stand together. We will resist together, peacefully and nonviolently, but with steadfast courage and without compromising, without giving another inch. God bless you all. Thank you. They shut down that study. They stopped the rollout. They put it on a shelf and they've been keeping it there for 11 years. And now the system that they knew was broken 11 years ago, they knew only counted 1% of vaccine injury 11 years ago. Now they're telling you it, it is overestimating vaccine injuries. Those 20,000 people didn't really die of the vaccine. Those 100,000 people weren't really injured. Well, there are a lot of studies that show that theirs doesn't work. I can see that. There's not one scientific study that shows that it overcounts vaccine injury. Every study shows it undercounts them by 50%, 80%, 90%, 99%. No, if somebody tells you from the press, theirs can't be counted on because it overestimates vaccine injury, say, 
Show me the study. They cannot. There is no study that does that. Now, I want to make my last point was the point that brought us all together. We are all from different political orientations, from different political parties, from different assumptions and backgrounds, from different races and creeds and colors. We are here for one reason. We love the United States of America. our history, we love our neighbors, we love our communities, we love our values, we love God, we love all kinds of, of versions of God, we, but most of all, and we love our Purple Mountains Majesty, the landscapes that form the basis for this country. Most of all, it means we love the United States Constitution. We have witnessed over the past 20 months a coup d'etat against democracy and the demolition, the controlled demolition of the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And starting with the censorship. And James Madison, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, all said the same thing. We put freedom of speech in the First Amendment because all of the other rights that we were trying to protect relied on that right. If you, if you give government the license to silence its critics, you have given them the capacity to commit any atrocity they want and to obliterate all the amendments and rights of the Constitution. So as soon as they got rid of freedom of speech, they went after freedom of religion. They closed every church in this country for a year with no regulatory process, no public hearing, no demonstration of science, no scientific citation to show that it was going to do any good. They kept the liquor stores open as essential businesses. But I remind you that liquor stores are not mentioned in the United States Constitution and churches are. They took away our property rights. They closed a million businesses with no due process, no just compensation. They took away jury trials. The Seventh Amendment says, no American shall be deprived of a right to a trial before a jury of his peers in cases or controversies that exceed $25 in value. There is nothing else. That's all it says. There's no pandemic exception. There's no war exception. There's no any exception. And yet they have 
passed. I won't even say a rule, because there was no rulemaking. It's the policy. And you cannot sue any company, any of these large multinational corporations that claim to be involved in countermeasures. No matter how reckless their behavior, no matter how negligent their conduct, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue that company. They have a license. These are criminal companies, by the way. These are serial felons. The four companies that make all of our U.S. vaccines for the children's program, Pfizer, Glaxo, uh, Sanofi, and Merck, have paid $35 billion in criminal penalties for hundreds of violations and damages in the last 10 years. These are the companies that gave us the opioid crisis. It kills 56,000 children a year. More American kids every year than the Vietnam War killed in 20 years. These are not good citizens. These are criminal enterprises. And now you're taking away any economic or legal incentive for them to behave? What do you think they're gonna do? You think they found Jesus suddenly? And they're gonna take care of us and our children and they're suddenly concerned with public health? No. They took away due process rulemaking. They've taken away our right to be free of warrantless searches and seizures for this very intrusive track and trace surveillance, etc. Oh, we are watching something now that I never believed that I would see in my lifetime. I read in Orwell and Kafka and Aldous Huxley this, this dystopian science fiction novels that one day the United States would be overtaken by fascism. Fascism, incidentally, is defined, Mussolini defined it as a merger of state and corporate power. And orchestrated by Tony Fauci. for control uh, we've never seen before. It's been the ambition of every totalitarian state from the beginning of mankind to control every aspect of behavior, of conduct, of thought, and to obliterate dissent. None of them have been able to do it. They didn't oh, shit.
Are so sad they couldn't seriously like actually bad. Necessary to make these claims that you are making. In 2017, you met with President Trump and you said he was going to appoint you head of a commission about vaccines. That didn't happen. Why is that? My assumption is, and, I, and my assumption is based on empirical observation, because I can't look into President Trump's head that the industry at that point got to him. And, you know, Pfizer immediately after that meeting with me, Pfizer made a million dollar contribution to President Trump's inauguration. He then took people who were vaccine lobbyists, appointed them to the highest positions at CDC and HHS, and we were cut off. You have supported an organization that put a lot of ads on Facebook supporting your position, and now Facebook has banned those ads. Do you think that Facebook is censoring you? Of course they are. 
is all of the big tech is censoring any information about vaccine. That's why you can come up here and say I'm anti-vaccine because I cannot. I, I there's no form. Well, you're partly anti-vaccine. No, I'm not. I'm against vaccine. I'm I'm for vaccines, but I'm for safe vaccines. What's a safe vaccine? Listen, a safe vaccine is a vaccine that has been tested against a placebo or against an, or against a unvaccinated group, and that with that vaccine, where we can see from science that vaccine is averting more harm than it's causing, and that's all we want. And if you show me that study, Andy, I will quit my job at the CHD. I will post that study on our website and I will leave. Right now, not one of the 72 vaccines that is now mandated for our children has ever been safety tested. But how, would that, how is that possible? Do you really believe, Robert, that of all the 72 vaccines that you say are out there, that they're all unsafe? Is that really? It doesn't I, seem logical. I don't think anybody can say that they're safe because they've never been they've never been safety tested, and the reason they're not safety tested. The reason they have an exemption, every other medicine is tested against a placebo, usually for five years in double-blind tests, which means you give... And the thing that's interesting about this is on foreign policy, he's going to be able to outflank Trump a little bit, I think, because Trump has been very good, we have to say, when he says, what the heck is wrong? Why can't we get along with Russia? Why are we in this war? You know, he's good on that. But I think uh, RFK Jr. articulates a much more cohesive idea, and he blasts the neocons, which we love. Let's put this next one up. This is a tweet of his from just a couple of days ago. And this, I mean, this basically sums up everything that we've been talking about for a couple of years. He says, and this is long if you'll indulge me, Dr. Paul, he says, the collapse of U.S. influence over Saudi Arabia and the kingdom's new alliances with China and Iran are painful emblems of the abject failure of the neocon strategy of maintaining U.S. global hegemony with aggressive projections of military power. China has displaced the American empire by deftly projecting instead economic power. And this is great. He says, over the past decade, our country has spent trillions bombing roads, ports, bridges, and airports. China spent the equivalent building the same across <laughs> the developing world. And that is just, that sounds like, you know, what you said over and over. We bomb them, they build it. But this last part I really like. The Ukraine war is the final collapse of the neocons' short-lived American century. The neocon projects in Iraq and Ukraine have cost $8.1 trillion, hollowed out our middle class, made us a laughing stock, made a laughing stock of U.S. military power and moral authority, pushed China and Russia into an invincible alliance, destroyed the dollar as a global currency, cost millions of lives, and done nothing to advance democracy or win friendships and influence. A long statement, but he pretty much put it all there. You can understand why the establishment's yeah. not anxious to see him be successful. You're standing, if you're in this audience, you're standing on a Bible or you're standing on the Constitution and the other group is standing on air or something they can rewrite every other week and you think you're going to find common ground with them? You think you can build a sustainable society with them? It cannot be done and we're about to see it in real time with Robert Kennedy. He's going to be 
completely annihilated and destroyed by the Democrats because they hate, they would hate John Kennedy today. They would hate Bobby Kennedy today. Those guys wouldn't be considered Democrats. If the, the John Kennedy, in one of his greatest speeches, asked not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. You can't say that as a Democrat. Everything the Democrats now is about being a victim. Ask how your country has exploited and oppressed you and ask them for what reparations you're owed. That's what Democrats and leftists do today. What does America owe me and how can I get it? I am the chosen one.